0: Brent Venable's got another one. We're going to talk all things recruiting and have a little outlook on the 2022 season with our guy, Parker Thune, on today's episode of Locked On Sooners.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can also read my work covering the Sooners over at SoonersWire.com. And joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer of 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Can you hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on The Ref? You can also follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Josh, another great day for Oklahoma Sooners recruiting, and I'm excited to talk about it with you and with the guy that we're going to be bringing on the show now, your co-ho- or co-worker over at The Ref. He does afternoon drive over at the ref, Parker Thune. Parker, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, always a pleasure to join you guys. Uh, Obviously, as you said, John, uh, fantastic time, fantastic month for the Oklahoma Sooners on the recruiting trail, and uh, obviously excited to break it all down.
2: Well, Parker, you were one of the voices that was telling everybody, if we backtrack it two months ago, and that's probably a good place to start, you were one of the voices telling everybody, relax, let June happen, let July happen, And really just July in and of itself has been an incredible, historic recruiting month for Oklahoma. I don't know what you would maybe compare it to, Parker, but now nine commits in the month of July and obviously Derek LeBlanc, the the latest on that list.
1: Well, and you tack on the commitments of Heath Ozita and Samuel Masigo, which came very late in the month of June. You have 11 commits over the course of the last 31 days. So the span of a month, 11 new additions to this 2023 class for Oklahoma. It's been an absolute avalanche, fellas. And uh, again, this is something we've been talking about for some time. This is always when the surge was going to start to happen for Oklahoma in the months of June, July. And then you were going to continue to see some of the aftershock in August. And I'm expecting there will be at least another handful of commitments coming in that month for Oklahoma. But yeah, I, I cannot recall a month in years past where the Sooners managed to put together nine commits in the same recruiting cycle. And I'm, I'm sure it's happened before. Obviously I haven't been covering recruiting forever. And when you're talking about the modern recruiting era, that stretches all the way back to 1999, 2000. So I'm, I'm not going to say this is unprecedented because I don't know that for a fact, but I do know over the course of the last month, There is no team across college football that has been hotter on the recruiting trail than the Oklahoma Sooners.
0: So, Parker, speaking of Derek LeBlanc, just kind of off the top, he's the one that committed via Instagram. We heard some great things about him. What was it that tipped the scales in Oklahoma's favor in his
1: recruitment? Todd Todd Bates. That's what it was. Um, Derek LeBlanc was essentially signed, sealed, and delivered to Clemson before Brent Venables and Todd Bates made, made the move to Oklahoma. And even after Brent Venables left, the consensus logic was that LeBlanc was still going to end up at Clemson because of Todd Bates. But once Bates followed Venables to Oklahoma, all of a sudden the Sooners became one of the front runners in LeBlanc's recruitment, and that obviously culminates uh, today in a commitment. Uh, Oklahoma was not on the radar at all for this kid uh, before Todd Bates arrived on the scene. I can remember, I believe Oklahoma initially offered him under the old staff when he was a freshman in high school after his freshman year, because I remember this distinctly. It's one of the funniest experiences I've ever had covering recruiting. I'm on the phone with Derek LeBlanc, freshman Derek LeBlanc, so 15, maybe 16 years old, I guess. And he's doing an interview with me while he's ordering at Chipotle. Just, <laughs> Absolutely hilarious because he's answering questions, interspersing it with, can I get steak? You throw some guacamole on there? Like just totally bizarre, but totally on brand for him. He's such a personality and uh, has been a really fun kid to cover. But obviously there was a span of time. I figured out pretty quickly talking to him as a freshman. Okay. OU doesn't have much of a leg to stand on this recruitment. That all changed pretty drastically when Todd Bates got to town. And LeBlanc was always a guy that if he if he wasn't going to commit to Todd Bates, he was at the very least going to give Bates a long hard look. And so Oklahoma reemerged as a top contender in the race for his commitment immediately upon Bates's advent at Oklahoma. And here we are, July 28th. He is the latest member of the Sooners recruiting class, the 18th overall commit, and again, 11th in the last month for OU.
2: Amazing. Incredible the type of tear that OU has been on. And again, like uh, we said right off the top, I mean, this is what Parker told you was going to happen here. Maybe not exactly this number this quickly or whatever, but just that the summer was what you needed to be waiting on. Todd Bates, uh, you mentioned it there. What does this kind of tell about Oklahoma's future with Bates recruiting on this Venable staff?
1: Well, I think it, it tells you two things, right? Uh, One Oklahoma is now a destination for elite defensive talent. Uh, The LeBlanc is not the last composite top 100 player you're going to see commit to Oklahoma in this cycle. Far from it. I would say, I, I believe, the Sooners end up with Macari Vickers, the four-star cornerback out of the state of Florida. I, I have a crystal ball prediction in, uh, in reflection of that belief. Uh, I also believe they're the leader in the clubhouse for Cecilia Kana, the four-star edge rusher, originally from Hawaii, plays his high school ball in the state of Utah. He's going to be back on campus uh, this weekend, or I guess tomorrow, Friday, July 29th, uh, as he is one of the more high-profile visitors in town for the party at the Palace. So that's another guy that I think Oklahoma is in a very, very good spot with. And then obviously uh, the buzz surrounding the Sooners and Peyton Bowen, it feels like has been circulating for months and months and months. Uh, it feels like kind of a when, not if thing. because, uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean Bowen 100% ends up at Oklahoma because Texas A&M is making a pretty strong push there. But given that he's visited around as much as he has since he committed to Notre Dame, doesn't take a road Scholar to see. The kid's not truly committed to Notre Dame, maybe in the technical sense of the word, but he's still entertaining all the options at his disposal. As far as Todd Bates is concerned, though, uh, this is a feather in his cap before he's even coached a game at Oklahoma. He's been on the job six months, and he already has signed the type of player that Oklahoma fans are simply not accustomed to seeing their team sign. The last composite top 100 interior defensive lineman that Oklahoma signed. Do you all remember Michael Thompson back in the class of 2018? I don't know if he ever played a game, at least not a meaningful one, at the University of Oklahoma. Hit the transfer portal pretty quickly. Before Michael Thompson, you got to rewind all the way back to 2015 when the Sooners pulled Neville Gallimore out of Ontario, Canada. So again, Derek LeBlanc is a premier talent at a position where Oklahoma fans are not used to seeing their coaching staff recruit premier talent. If this is the type of player that Todd Bates gets year in and year out, and the Sooners continue to solidify their status as a destination for elite defensive talent with their performance on the field in the fall of 2022, you look ahead to the class of 2024. And it begs the question, how many of those guys are Todd, is Todd Bates going to sign? Because you're going to get at least one in Derek LeBlanc this cycle. You could get another one, uh, depending on how the DJ Hicks recruitment shakes out. And then throw in Jordan Renaud as well. That's another guy with whom the Sooners are very heavily involved. But you look ahead to 2024. Right now, I would say the Sooners lead for Nigel Smith, the four-star defensive lineman out of Melissa. They lead for Zadavian Sims four-star defensive lineman out of Durant, Oklahoma. And then you talk about uh, the kid that was the number one player in the state of Oklahoma and will be if he ends up uh, coming back to Oklahoma to finish out his high school career uh, once he makes the rounds at IMG Academy, David Stone, the five-star defensive lineman from Dell City. That's another guy that the Sooners have established a clear lead for. So I would say at the very least you're looking at Three top 100 defensive linemen in the class of 2024 that the Sooners have a very realistic chance to close on.
0: And that's an interesting effect that's happening because, you know, Brent Venables, obviously, he's got the track record dating back 20 years of having really high level defensive performances. But really, over the last 10 years, is kind of what most people kind of remember him for in the the thing that's, that's moving the needle for a lot of these guys, especially down there in the Southeast where, you know, interior defensive line talent is kind of, that's, that's kind of the hotbed for it. If you're, if you want to use that term. And so seeing them being able to pull kids out of Florida, you know, be heavily in on, you know, kids in Georgia, on the East coast, things like that. It, it's something different than, as you mentioned, you know, we're not accustomed to seeing, you know, the six, four, you know, right now as a, a junior 260, 270 interior defensive line prospect. We're also not used to seeing them going into SEC, ACC territory and pulling these kids to Oklahoma either. And so just huge moves of the needle for Brent Venables and his staff, including Todd Bates. We got to talk about one more commit that happened earlier in the week. But first, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. It's the number one source for all your sports betting news, odds, lines, and games. Find reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. And we're talking with OU Insider at two four seven sports, Parker Thune. You can also hear him from three to six now or two to six. I, I'm I'm confused about your schedule sometimes over at the ref 12
1: to three. Okay, thank you
0: three. very much. So sorry. I, I, I we've had we got Josh on every day, we had Travis on the other day, we got Parker on now, and so <laughs> just making the rounds with all the ref guys and exactly have to,
1: listen to the ref. Yes, I'm gonna have to have Ask a run all sheet the story. now
0: of uh, what the the ref schedule is. But so earlier this week on Monday, we got the commitment from Josiah Wagner, four-star cornerback out of Washington, one of the top players in the state. And so I watched some of his huddle. Dude is a playmaker. That's like the best way that I can put it, whether it's defensive, offensive side of the football. Obviously they're recruiting him as a cornerback. This is Jay Vali's first commitment in the 2023 class uh, for Oklahoma. What do you see out of Josiah Wagner? And how does he fit with the Oklahoma Sinners moving forward?
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt. By the way, Josh, you drinking decaf or you trying to you trying to gear up for a late night there?
0: Uh,
2: that is yes, that is decaffeinated tea, by the way. So we're Oh good. tea,
1: you're a tea okay, good. You're a tea guy, huh? Me too. Never never been much into coffee. But no, uh as far as Josiah Wagner is concerned, you're exactly right, John. I mean, the kid's a playmaker. And you talk about the state of Washington. It's, again, kind of a story that you're seeing played out in various forms all across this recruiting class for Oklahoma, going to a state that you're not accustomed to seeing Oklahoma recruit, at least at the prep level. And the Sooners have gotten not one, but two kids from the Evergreen State in Heath Zida and now Josiah Wagoner. Uh, Wagner is a guy that has still not taken an official visit to Oklahoma, but he's been on campus. He came and camped with the Sooners in early June and was one of the standouts. I mean, if you had to pick the standouts uh, from Oklahoma's couple of days of camp there in early June, uh, I'd go Josiah Wagner, Keon Brown, who's obviously also committed to Oklahoma and committed pretty soon thereafter his performance at camp uh, and the receipt of his offer. Uh, And then Edric Hill, the four-star defensive lineman out of North Kansas City High School that the Sooners are very actively pursuing as well. But uh, Wagner came down to Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, and Cal. And this is just a case of him feeling like Oklahoma was the best place for him developmentally. And obviously, that speaks volumes for Jay Valai, a guy who's made the rounds and has never really been in one place very long, still a guy that's uh, very young and relatively green uh, when you look at his peers across the coaching profession, but a guy that is a definite up-and-comer, especially as a recruiter. And I think he is poised to do huge things in his first full recruiting cycle at the University of Oklahoma, because not only are you talking about Wagner, his first commit, but I mentioned Macari Vickers. That's a guy that I believe will be in Oklahoma sooner. And then the Sooners are recruiting J- Jacoby Johnson, the top in-state athlete uh, from Mustang, Oklahoma, as a cornerback as well. The expectation has long been that Jacoby Johnson is going to be a Sooner when all is said and done. So I would say here in the next month or so, Jay Valai uh, could have a threefold class of elite lockdown cornerbacks uh, completely sealed up. You look at Vickers, Johnson, those are both top 100 national guys, regardless of position. Though Wagner is a little less highly regarded, he's still a national top 200 player. So uh, this is, this has the opportunity to be a pretty star-studded class for Jay Valai. And uh, it's, I don't think it'll be long before fans are really starting to give him his due for what he's accomplished on the recruiting trail, because uh, I really do believe the Sooners are going to have, uh, wh- any way you slice it, a very, very strong class of cornerbacks
2: that would be great news for Oklahoma for any fans that I don't know, maybe you make the comparison to DeMarco Murray early and I don't know, maybe that's not the right comparison, but it was maybe a little slower going for DeMarco Murray before he started landing some, some top uh, running backs in with Valai, just kind of his history. There was, a different kind of skepticism with him, mostly because of what you touched on, the fact that he hadn't really stuck in any one place, at least collegiately, for an extended period of time. And look, if Valai is able to land those types of guys that you're talking about in addition to Wagner here, then any concerns, Allah that there was early with maybe a DeMarco Murray on the recruiting trail? I think that's going to be gone overnight with uh, Mr. Valai. As you now take stock of just this, entire class Parker and I know the folks watching on YouTube the folks listening on any podcast platform yes they want to know okay what's next Parker tell us who's next in this class but where we stand right now with these 18 I think just you know looking at LeBlanc and Wagner Parker another thing that continues to jump out to me is man this is really balanced across the board offensively Defensively, They're getting blue chippers on both sides of the football. And, and that has to be one of the most exciting parts about this class. But when you look at this group of 18, what it is right now, what do you see across the board for you?
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned it, Josh. It's a ton of balance. And that's really, really refreshing if you're an Oklahoma fan because I think the norm under Lincoln Riley was year in and year out, you're going to have – a really ballyhooed, really talent-dense class at one particular position group, and then maybe you come up a little bit short or don't sign as many guys or as many high-caliber guys as you would like to at another position group. You've seen this the last two cycles. Uh, Last year, the Sooners got two absolute studs on the offensive line in Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor, but those were the only two. You rewind another year. That was that was the year where DeMarco Murray, in part due to COVID-19, kind of how how do you put it so that it's fair to DeMarco? Because he's a fantastic recruiter. But I I think he learned uh, he learned a lesson the hard way in that recruiting cycle because he put all his eggs in the basket of Kamar Wheaton. And obviously he ends up signing with uh, Alabama in late december i believe he's now at smu if i'm not mistaken that experiment did not last long at alabama but one way or another that's kind of been the norm year after year the sooners came seem to come up short at one position group or multiple in some cases but there's an imbalance when you're talking about the amount of talent or the sheer mass across various position groups right now I think the only position group – well, no, that's no longer that's – not, that's not even the case anymore. The Sooners have a commit in every single position group now that they picked up Josiah Wagner. Cornerback uh, was kind of the holdout uh, there for quite a while, and I guess depending on how you classify defensive line, uh, you can make the argument that LeBlanc was the first defensive line commit for Oklahoma as well, but they did get P.J. Atabari a couple weeks back. So uh, you have at least one commit in this class right now, At every single position group across the board, you're going to end up with multiple commits at every single position group across the board with the obvious exception of quarterback. I think the only group right now where there's a sense of concern as to who the other guy might be in addition to the guy slash guys that they already have committed would be the tight end position where – Joe John Finley is very actively pursuing Malachi Coleman, the four-star athlete out of Lincoln, Nebraska, in addition to Cade McIntyre, another native Nebraskan whom the Sooners already have committed and is going to play tight end. If the Sooners don't end up with Malachi Coleman, I don't think there is a clear answer as to what their recourse would be. But uh, that said, if tight end is the position group where you come up short, uh, that is a group where you've seen – You even saw it as recently uh, as this past offseason. The Sooners can go to the portal and snap somebody up like that. They did it with Daniel Parker, who had a background with Finley at Missouri. And so I don't know that we're going to be in a situation again under Brent Venables uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners akin to a situation that was playing out right about a year ago when we started to – Uh, get the inkling that Trey Bradford was going to flip-flop and transfer back to LSU, and nobody knew who on earth was going to be left at the running back position for Oklahoma because, okay, well, Marcus Major's ineligible, Uh, Kennedy Brooks is coming back, but we don't know how rusty he's going to be. Sure, Eric Gray's a stud, but they kicked Seth McGowan and Mikey Henderson off the team, and now Trey Bradford is going back. To LSU, What on earth is the running back room going to look like? Barring catastrophe, and you can argue that was catastrophe, but barring an unforeseen c- catastrophe, I don't think we will see a situation like that play out again because this staff is so mindful of cultivating healthy competition across the board and making sure that each of their rooms are stacked deep. And I think you saw that with the quarterback position. After in the aftermath of spring ball, the Sooners went and got Davis Bevel from the transfer portal, and I, I think most folks folks figured, okay, that's probably it, right? You got Dylan Gabriel firmly entrenched as your starter. You've got a guy in Davis Bevel that has played some P five ball. He's seen game action, hasn't started on a full time basis, but he's seen action. And then you have a young guy that you really really like that you secured late in the twenty twenty two cycle in Nick Evers. Three scholarship quarterbacks. You're good, right? Well, Jeff Lebby said, no, not quite. I want to make sure I have one other established arm in this room. And so he goes and gets general booty via the JUCO route. And you have four scholarship quarterbacks at the University of Oklahoma now. It's been a while since there were that many in the room. But it's having contingency plans for your contingency plans. And uh, it's not counting on anything not taking anything as a given not just in terms of numbers but in terms of performance right if this guy doesn't show up this guy doesn't have the fall camp that we expect him to have there's going to be somebody else uh, that's willing able and ready to jump in and fill the void so uh, that is going to be the new norm under this Oklahoma staff and you really have to be excited about that if you're an Oklahoma fan because I think it eliminates a lot of the worries that many of these fans have had in years past.
2: Everybody still wants to know Parker. Okay. What's next. And I don't know, you could be, you could be the general on that Parker, on how much you can or cannot share. Everybody should just go ahead and go over to OUInsider.com and go ahead and sign up. That's where you can get all of the latest up-to-date information, but maybe we can pry one or two things out of Parker Coming up here in just a moment about what suitor fans can perhaps expect. And then we got to get Parker's thoughts too, on just the 2022 season, which is rapidly approaching ladies and gents. But first, let me tell you about home field apparel. We love home field apparel, 15 different pieces of Oklahoma retro gear. John's pointing out back there one of the uh, retro pieces of his collection from home field apparel. They've got, again, 15 of those vintage marks, T-shirts, hoodies, crew necks, all retro all awesome for Oklahoma and new customers. They get 15% off their first purchase from Homefield with our code locked on sooners at checkout. That's our code locked on sooners over at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, so what, what do you expect next in this class, Parker? Without given everything that you may or may not know away, what can OU fans be excited about in the next couple of weeks, next month or so?
1: Yeah, well, I'll say this much and I I want to echo uh, what you said Josh. Head over to ouinsider.com. I promise you uh, if you want to be in the know on recruiting and everything going on behind the scenes with Oklahoma football whether in the locker room, on the coaching staff, whatever the case may be, uh, you're going to want to sign up for a VIP membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You can get your first month for a dollar, try it out, see if you like it, see if you think it's worth it. I believe it will be. But Uh, I will say this, thereafter, after your first month, $10 a month, that's nothing. I mean, forego your next trip to Chick-fil-A, eat leftovers, there you go, it's taken care of. But OUinsider.com, well worth the investment for all the intel uh, from myself and my colleague and good friend Brandon Drum. As far as what is next, obviously, you're looking at, I suppose this is going to air tomorrow, Friday, right? So by the time... Uh, By the time this podcast goes live, uh, the Sooners' next big recruiting rendezvous will be underway. Friday, July 29th, party at the Palace. Uh, Sooners have the majority of their 2023 commits in town to help peer recruit some of their top flight targets that are still on the board in the class of 2023. Among those, I want to highlight three guys I've mentioned already, Tesselia Khanna, Jacoby Johnson, Makari Vickers. Now, We know Vickers is committing at the end of August. Uh, There's another guy uh, that the Sooners are very hotly pursuing, Anthony Evans, three-star wideout out of San Antonio. That's another guy that has announced he's committing at the end of August. But there are several of these players, Akana and Jacoby Johnson being among them, that have not publicly announced timelines. So those could drop at any time. Now, in Johnson's case, I'm just kind of at the point where I've waited for so long that I just kind of learned, you know, I'm just going to mentally table that one until whenever it does happen, because it seems like folks have been waiting for him to commit to Oklahoma for the better part of two years now. So whenever that happens, and I believe it does happen, I think it's been a slam dunk for a while. Jacoby Johnson's going to be a sooner. That's my belief. Uh, but it, we're starting to get to the point where that's starting to feel a little bit more imminent as we get closer and closer to the end of this cycle. And then Akana, he's a guy that talks so little and is so guarded about his recruitment that uh, if that one happened out of the blue at a moment's notice, you almost couldn't be surprised because that's just the type of person he is. That's the way he's wired. That's the way his recruitment has been conducted. So when you're talking about guys that could announce in the immediate aftermath of this visit weekend, I would highlight those two to Celia Kana and Jacoby Johnson is probably the two most likely candidates. But looking ahead to the month of August, those are not the only two guys that could be winding down to decisions. I mentioned Jordan Renaud. Edric Hill is a guy that's going to be deciding in early September. Much like Renaud, that looks like an OU Alabama battle to me. And it, it, it identical to Renaud, I give Alabama the slight edge right now, but that's very subject to change. Uh. I'm trying to think who else is still on the board. Malachi Coleman, who I mentioned is a very, very high-priority target for Oklahoma at the tight end position. He'll be announcing on October 15th. So uh, I I don't believe there will be a whole lot of intrigue uh, surrounding this Oklahoma signing class as we approach signing day in December. I think the Sooners will have the vast majority, if not all of their key targets, either signed – or I'm sorry, either committed to OU or committed elsewhere uh, by that point. I don't think the sooner, and that's just kind of tracks with the type of people that Brett Venables recruits, right? He's not, he's not about the drama. If you're trying to take it all the way down to signing day, unless you have a really good reason to do so, he's probably not going to be down for that. And uh, he's probably going to say, Hey, just, just get it over with. Um, But Looking ahead to the month of August, as I said, I do expect several more commitments. Uh, I think Macari Vickers is going to be a sooner when he announces on the 26th. Uh, It's an OU Georgia battle for Anthony Evans. Uh, And then you talk about some of those other guys uh, on the board. Like I said, Akana, Jacoby Johnson. I would throw Renaud in there as well. No set timeline, and all three of those could drop at any point. So be vigilant and definitely stay plugged in at OUinsider.com.
0: So one more recruiting question before we give get your kind of take on what's coming in fall camp, because I thought this was really fascinating. And so about eight minutes after Michael Hawkins announces that he's received an offer, Parker drops the crystal ball on 2024 four-star quarterback out of Allen High School, Michael Hawkins, whose father, Mike Hawkins, played cornerback for the Oklahoma seniors and the Green Bay Packers. So Parker, eight minutes, that might be the fastest crystal ball like offered a crystal ball prediction that I've ever seen. Now I'm you know, new to the Oklahoma Sooners game over the last couple of years and the recruiting stuff, but come on, man, what's
1: up with that? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I think it took me seven to drop a crystal ball for Isaiah mozi but okay. point taken it was, it was very fast. Uh, under very understandably. So, uh, when I, uh, crystal balled Michael Hawkins, the Sooners look, this is one that the kid had been waiting on for a while. I'd been waiting on it a while because from the minute I saw him, like this, this guy, this guy's going places. This guy's going to be a very, very good football player at the next level. When I went down to Allen High School last November to watch DJ Hicks and Michael Hawkins was in like his ninth or tenth game starting at quarterback for the Eagles – I, I, of course, I didn't know who the kid was at that point. I don't spend a whole lot of time down the Texas high school football scene. So unless you're a nationally regarded name, odds are I probably have minimal background information about you. That was the situation for Michael Hawkins. He only had one collegiate offer at the time. It was from North Carolina state. When I watched him play I mean, he was wondrous, he threw for something like 300 yards, rushed for 150 more had like five, six total touchdowns. And I was just absolutely captivated by his play, the ball that he threw, his instincts, his elusiveness when he tucked to run the football. I thought he was a senior. That's legitimately what I thought. I said, I wonder where he's going to college next year. I should find that out. (laughs) And in the aftermath of that football game, I am walking back to my car to uh, go back to my hotel and type up my report about dj hicks and find out who this quarterback is uh mike hawkins the elder comes and runs me down and we end up chatting for 10 15 minutes and eventually he gets around to tell me yeah my kid's the quarterback he's a sophomore uh i played a little ball back in the day played at oklahoma then in the nfl and ou is the offer that my kid really really wants so In the aftermath, obviously went and hit up Michael. We started talking, and uh, I figured it wouldn't be long before his recruitment started to blow up. Uh, That very obviously was the case. He started to pick up some big-time offers, Texas, Michigan, Arkansas, added an Alabama offer over the summer. But uh, he made it no secret to me, and it's really no secret if you follow him on social media and kind of read between the lines, that Oklahoma was the one he wanted, and – The Sooners obviously offered Jaden Davis, DJ Lagway, and Michael Van Buren. Those were their first three offers at the quarterback position. But uh, I had proclaimed for for some time, Michael Hawkins is going to be the next one that they make. And lo and behold, uh, I I had it on good authority that they just wanted to see him in person before they did extend the offer. They got the chance when he showed up and camped with the Sooners yesterday, Wednesday the 27th. And he, uh, at that point, was extended the offer and... Uh, Yeah, I just I had a lot of confidence to drop the crystal ball immediately because there are just certain kids like that where, uh, you know, if there's if there's that one school that they've always aspired to, especially as a quarterback, you know, quarterbacks these days, a lot of them want to commit early in the process to be able to recruit the rest of their class around him. The kids. Sooner born, sooner bred, sooner through and through. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for him not to be Oklahoma's quarterback in the class of 2024, and this could have some pretty seismic repercussions for Oklahoma when it comes to their ability to recruit the northeast side of Dallas-Fort Worth because I think they're in the driver's seat not just for Michael Hawkins at this point but also his good buddy Peyton Pierce, the four-star linebacker, and Allen Transplant, who's now at Lovejoy High School, uh, his great-grandfather played at Oklahoma, got plenty of family ties to Norman and to OU. If they get those two, those are the two types of players and the types of people that others gravitate towards. And so if you're talking about a leader for your class on the offensive side and a leader for your class on the defensive side, the Sooners have the opportunity to secure that very early on in the process in the 2024 cycle if they're able to put the lockdown. On Michael Hawkins and Peyton Pierce and at that point you get a kid of that caliber from Allen you get a kid of that caliber from Lovejoy you get two guys that lead by example and that are very well respected uh, again it's going to have there's going to be a certain Pied Piper effect on that particular side of Dallas Fort Worth the northeast side and so I look at a kid like Nigel Smith who I mentioned uh, earlier in the uh, in the podcast is somebody that is probably going to give OU a much harder of a look if he's got dudes like Michael Hawkins and Peyton Pierce peer-recruiting him. And OU already has fantastic chances with a kid like Nigel Smith, but uh, you get Hawkins and Pierce in the boat early, that is going to drastically increase your chances with some of those other studs from that same vicinity. What a great
2: recruiting story on Hawkins. Now, this kid's got – Well, I mean, and you know,
1: like – and i had no i had no idea right i'm watching this kid light it up and i have absolutely no clue that some 8 months later there's a very good chance he ends up being oklahoma's first commit of the 2024 cycle I have no idea at that point he even has any connection to ou so yes very cool
2: so last question for me parker and appreciate you as always sharing your insight with us again everybody listen to my man parker on the ref that's a greedy plug for myself at the station as well, but obviously go check them out, OU Insider. You all know that as well. What do you think, man? Biggest storylines for you that you're following, maybe both sides of the football for Oklahoma as they embark on fall camp?
1: Yeah, well, I think – if you're looking at fall camp specifically, I think there are some positional battles that intrigue me and not necessarily positional battles yet, but just certain position groups where I expect some of the youngsters to challenge the incumbents. I look at the wide receiver room uh, and I wonder whether a kid like Jaden Gibson can build upon the strong uh, spring and especially the strong spring game that he had. And, poach some snaps from guys like Theo Weiss and Drake Stoops and Jalil Farouk, for instance, if you're talking about the defensive side of the ball, does a kid like Jaron Kanick work his way into the two deep at a linebacker position where there's a lot of returning talent when you're talking about kids like Danny Stutzman, David Aguebu, etc. But if you're looking for a hybrid type of guy to play that cheetah position, that linebacker nickel uh, hybrid spot I, I don't know if there's a clear number one option right now among the incumbents Shane Witter strikes me as a guy that by virtue of his speed fits the mold very well but Jaron Kanik's a freak of an athlete and we've talked about him before on this podcast uh, I expect him to earn snaps in 2022 for Oklahoma and then I'm really really curious and this is I this is probably not the direction anybody's expecting me to go because this is a position group that probably doesn't get talked about enough unless it's disparaging, because there are certain there's a certain contingent of this fan base that for whatever reason just has it out for Bill Bidenbow and is determined to crucify him for the sins of Benny Wiley. But Jake Sexton, whom I mentioned earlier. Oklahoma's, uh, updated roster was released right before big 12 media days. He's listed at six foot six, 308 pounds. And if if you walk up to Jake Sexton, you shake his hand. Uh, that's, that is a highly athletic, highly muscular 308 pounds. There's, there's no baby fat on that kid. So, uh, if he is, If he shows up and he balls out in fall camp, just given his frame, given his athleticism, I got the chance to watch plenty of his games at Deer Creek High School over the last couple of years. That's a kid that could make an intriguing play uh, for a spot in the two deep. And who knows, maybe down the line there's an injury or two. He could find his way onto the field by hook or by crook by the end of his freshman year. I think Jake Sexton, especially in the long term, has a very, very high ceiling.
0: Was there anything on the kind of the – so you mentioned the freshman. You mentioned offensive, defensive side of the football. What about in the defensive backfield? Like is there a freshman that's incoming, do you think, that could take a significant step and and have a significant role for the Oklahoma Sooners?
1: I mean, I'm a huge fan of Robert Spears Jennings. Have been for a long, long time. I mean, that kid and Javante Barnes, I would say, those were the two that I was most frequently talking up. Uh, even, even before they signed, even before they played their senior year of high school. Those were two guys that I identified as potential day one contributors at the collegiate level. I'm curious to see what kind of progress he makes in fall camp because as talented as he is, I do think it's going to be difficult for a kid like him just because of how much of a veteran presence there is in that defensive backfield. When you're talking about the cornerbacks, the Sooners brought in C.J. Colden, who's going to be a sixth-year senior, has a chance to be the first seventh-year senior in the history of the program next year because uh, he's got a medical hardship waiver in addition to the – Covid nineteen year, so that'll be a fun little storyline to follow. But you bring in C.J. Colden, you bring in Trey Morrison, another super senior from North Carolina, Canai Walker, transfer from Louisville, uh, who is pretty green himself, but expected to uh, eat up a significant chunk of the snaps. A returning senior in Jaden Davis, a guy that has been arguably the Sooners' best cover corner in Woody Washington. You have plenty of depth. Amongst the cornerbacks, but Robert Spears Jennings slots in much more naturally as a safety. That's the position he was repping at uh, for the entirety of spring camp. That's the position I think most everybody uh, worth their salt expects him to play at Oklahoma going forward. But you look at that safety room right now. I think the two leaders in the clubhouse to start are probably Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman. And then you throw in a guy like Justin Broyles. Another super senior, uh, and I'm a huge Justin Broyles fan, uh, really hoping it all comes together for him this year, and he has the standout season that I know he's worked so hard for. Um, Jordan Mukes, another kid who's a rising sophomore, but a really, really athletic specimen uh, and a guy that can be a high-impact contributor if everything breaks his way. And uh, Justin Harrington kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, but he's back with the program. And if he, as long as he's got his head screwed on straight, that's a guy that is as much of an athlete, as much of a, an athletic freak as anybody in that building on either side of the ball. So the depth is probably what gives me pause about Robert Spears Jennings' ability to contribute immediately. But I think if there is anybody in that defensive backfield that can crack it right away, it's him right now.
0: Well, Parker, man, that's some awesome insight. We we could talk for four more hours probably and get well, we more, <laughs> more out of you. Uh, but, man, it, we're, football is like right around the corner. Like We're less than five weeks away, and we've had so much to talk about. Just on the recruiting trail, party at the palace. Make sure you're following Parker on Twitter at Parker Thune. Go to OUinsider.com. Make sure you get that VIP subscription as well. He laid it all out for you earlier it's it's very well worth it i go check it out from time to time as well myself because i can't have parker on every night to talk recruiting so i got to go read his stuff over at ou insider it, it's great insight so make sure you go check, go check that out also listen to him from noon to three on 94.7 the ref in norman you can also hear it on the kref app did i get it right this time josh
2: you did well k-r-e-f app okay. easy search, baby.
0: That's right. You can stream that worldwide, listen to the ref really all day because you got Josh and Chris Plank in the morning. You got Parker and Mike Seeley from noon to three. You got Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman in the afternoon, and our guy Travis Davidson, who we had on the other night as well. So just all day programming over there at the ref. If you haven't noticed, friends of the ref, you're on locked on sooners. So make sure you go check out all that where Parker's at, where Josh is at. And also go check out Parker and Brandon's uh, YouTube show, the podcast. What's it called, Parker?
1: Uh, the podcast is called the OU Insider Under the Visor Podcast. That is available on all streaming platforms. And we do a weekly Monday night YouTube show where we'll basically field all your questions in real time about recruiting, about that Sooner team. Anything you want to talk about, we'll hit it in that live Q&A. We do it for about an hour every Monday night. We'll be taking the next couple of weeks off because our producer is about to get married in Backwoods, Georgia. So uh, he'll be uh, in the process of getting married slash honeymooning over the next couple of weeks. But once he's back in the contiguous United States, uh, we will get back on the grind, which uh, at that point should be pretty, pretty close to the dawn of the 2022 season for Oklahoma. So excited to get back in the saddle with that. There's never any shortage of content across all the platforms that OU Insider occupies.
0: Yeah. Well, and congrats to the producer on his future nuptials. That's exciting stuff. Big fan of the wedding here and the marriage here uh, myself. So, Until next time, man, we've covered so much. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you let us know how you feel about the show on YouTube. Leave a five-star Apple review for us or wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. But until next time, he's Parker. Again, thank you so much, Parker. He's Josh. I'm John. We'll catch you then. Boomer sooner.